know you got to sing along. But don't you know from there? You've got to from there. Don't you know from there? You've got to from there. This is the Cabinet's HR Coaching Podcast, hosted by Daniela Young. Join Daniela as she has great conversations with people on the importance of culture and leadership and organizational behavior. You will hear the great, the bad, and the ugly as she talks to a huge variety of guests in different fields. Are you looking for ways to improve your culture? Then this is the podcast for you. You will gain great insights from these great conversations. The Cabinets HR Podcast is brought to you by Cabinets HR. At Cabinets HR, we deliver HR to companies with 49 or fewer people by automating the HR process. We believe that you don't need a full-time HR person to receive full-time HR expertise. Come to CabinetsHR.com to see how Cabinets HR can take care of your HR so you can focus on building your company and taking care of your customers. Remember to be great every day. Hi, this is the Cabinets HR Culture Podcast, and I'm your host, Danielle Young. Our guest today is Jonathan Mills. Jonathan, are you ready to be great today? I am ready. Jonathan Mills is the founder of Corporate Culture Specialist, an organizational culture strategist and agile change expert. Formerly, Jonathan was an IT process and automation developer for clients at the Department of Homeland Security and Department of Justice. He leverages the connection between process design and meaningful purpose. The apex result is values-based culture strategies and agile implementation, delivering iterative, short-term wins that lead to lasting change. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for being here today. Thank you very much, Danielle. Can you tell me a little bit about something that you're working on these days that's super exciting to you? Ah, okay. Yes. Uh, so I, I personally am a millennial. I'll call myself an elder millennial, right? It allows me to get along with older generations. And it's, it's typical to have, you know, a, a very hot or cold relationship with the millennial generation. I found people worship or despise them. But, you know, it's just, it's a new generation coming into, the workplace with a unique set of values and perspectives because of all this new technology that we have, because of uh, the access to information we've had since we were young. And the workplace isn't really figuring out how to adapt to those, those changes yet. But there's this great opportunity if we figure out how to connect with the millennial generation to revolutionize the way that work is done and push the envelope on meaningful culture and healthy culture. So what I'm working on right now is, is putting together some best practices and guidance for organizations to, uh, first of all, understand millennials on a healthy level, right? We're not going to worship them and we're not going to hate them. We're going to understand them because it's, it's not another species. They're, they're like any other generation. They've just been rung through a different set of circumstances. So if I can help organizations understand millennials first, then I can also help those organizations figure out how to connect with those millennials. All right. So I'm doing some original research around what it is, um, culturally speaking, that millennials are looking for in the workplace. And it's, it's not all of what you assume it's going to be. But it, you know, if we understand that, there are practical steps that can be taken. So. Um, as I'm doing that research, I'm, I'm figuring out, connecting the dots 
um, identifying some brass tax actions and behaviors and policies that organizations should be considering that will improve the way that they're able to connect with millennials and harness all of that energy and creativity and productivity while also teaching millennials a thing or two about how past generations have um, have learned over time and all this great experience that they have so it's you know this two directional relationship that i'm i'm hoping to help build yes perfect like all relationships right two directional i was going to tell you jonathan and of course any yeah. of our listeners on netflix there's a fantastic Fantastic comedy special called Elder Millennial. Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> Alexa Fletcher. She's I've seen awesome. It. Yeah. Um, yes. And I do think, you know, Elder Millennials, I'm a right in the middle millennial, but I had the same experience that you probably had of analog childhood, digital, you know, teenage and then adulthood, which is kind of right. great. The Elder right. Millennials from the Younger Millennials. Um, But something else that you mentioned is that, you know, people worship or despise millennials. And Mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot in my culture research that there really is too much emphasis sometimes on black and white, good or bad. And nothing in life is that simple. Yeah, no. So for every downside that older generations might think that millennials bring to the workplace, of course, they bring huge potential and many, many other things um, as well, which is exactly what you tapped into. Yes. Well, you know, I think, Danielle, that a a lot of this, a lot of an organization's ability, leader's ability, manager's ability to connect with millennials meaningfully and for helping millennials be productive members of organizations because they aren't always, is to change our frame of mind and change our approach to how we are thinking about new employees and new generations. Because the, the differences between generations, the, the things that seem black and white, are really just kind of an illusion to what's going on. The real meat is in the intrinsic uh, needs that the human species has. Right. And recognizing millennials, again, are not another species. They're just people who have gone through some different circumstances, some different paradigms, uh, and are reacting to the world that they have lived in. But the things that will help millennials adapt to the world and help the world adapt to millennials, especially in the workplace, are the same things that are going to help baby boomers and Gen X and the silent generation and the greatest generation have a more fulfilling work life themselves because we're, we're looking at human needs and human motivation and we're learning to think about and treat organizational culture scientifically and systematically, right? And the better we get at that, the healthier our environment's going to be for all the generations. So paying attention to millennials and treating millennials, learning about them is a gateway to improving circumstances for all of us. Because again, this is, this is a generational you know, question and it seems like a generational problem, but it's really not. It's really just a human problem. And figuring out how, how do we get from who we've been in the past culturally and organizationally and move into a, a better future, evolve, if you will. How do we evolve forward? For sure. And, you know, cultural evolution 
benefits everybody, just like you said. So we're, you know, being pushed into a completely different world right now with culture. Everyone knows this is going on. Back in 2014, culture was the word of the year. I particularly love, you know, every time I've talked with you, how you are bringing this data focus and this technology focus and this, you know, all of this much more, you know, established business-like strategies to the field of culture, which is still kind of seen as a bit touchy-feely, a bit, if I have time mm-hmm. for it, you know, the last <laughs> build. Yeah. And of course, you and I both know that it pretty much needs to be the other way around. You pretty much need to start with a map for your culture, and then you're going to see your, your profits increase and, and your business increase. Uh, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you to explain for our listeners. So the first time we spoke, I knew I just loved Jonathan and the way he thinks because he said something about an employee market, mm-hmm. uh, specifically with regards to hiring. And I thought that was such a powerful image because we can all think of, you know, a, a buyer's market or a seller's market. You know, anyone who's lived through the housing crisis knows exactly what that means. And so the idea of employee market is very intriguing. And of course, it has a lot to do with, as you were already talking about, a shift in generations, a shift in yeah. culture, a shift in technology, and everything that we're seeing coming together. So tell us more about that. Sure. So it's, it's common knowledge now. Right, the job market's doing pretty well. Right, unemployment is low; it's very low, under four percent still. And you know what that means is that positions are on the side of not being filled enough. There are more job candidates, you know, relatively than there are. Let me rephrase that: there are more openings, there are more positions available than there are people to fill them. You know, and calling it an employees' market is really just a way of saying. Employees have control over the hiring process a lot more than they have in the past. Um, and we're shifting from a, a, a paradigm of seeing organizations and hiring managers as the people who can, you know, decide, uh, whether or not to accept an employee, right? And employees come with their resumes and they sit in chairs and they wait for an interview and they're really hopeful and they're really nervous about getting that job. Well, the, the nervousness has, you know, has shifted. Um, and now hiring managers are the ones experiencing more stress because uh, employees can choose to turn down a job. Most specifically in certain industries like IT is a good example. Uh, but, you know, largely across the board, that's true. So if, if we want to go back to the, the, the generational question about millennials, you have all these millennials uh, who are now um, in an age group that is, you know, finishing or just finished college, um, and they're about to turn forty. Right, thirty-eight is the, is the oldest millennial. Uh, this group of crazies has power over whether or not your position gets filled at your company. Right. On top of that, the median tenure for a millennial is two years, and they they don't feel like that's a problem. They don't feel like that's disloyal or or, you know, inappropriate, they're typical millennials thinking, oh, you know, after 10 years, yeah, I'm ready for something different. I don't feel like I need to be loyal to this employer. This is, that's, that's not how they think. So if organizations, if employers don't figure out how to connect with millennials and how to evolve their own approach to the workforce, then 
it's going to be a big problem, right? Because this paradigm the millennials are bringing in is only going to get more severe. I mean, if, if the millennial generation is odd, how do you think the, uh, you know, Gen Y is going to behave? And the next generation, right? My, my daughters think it's, it's totally normal to be able to ask for whatever movie or TV show they want to watch on demand. And mom and dad will try and find it. You know, that's, that's not how I was, you know, how I grew up. That's new. But tremendous access to information is completely normal to the younger generation. So this, this paradigm shift um, away from long-term career is going to increase until we have some other reaction from a future generation or change in government or change in technology. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's so interesting what you're saying about, you know, a, a paradigm shift. Like it really is. Our culture is changing completely. And of course, that affects the workplace. And it used to be that employers had more power. If you wanted a job, you paid dues, you hung it out for years, you, you know, retired in 20 or 30 years with the gold watch, etc. Now you have the complete flip side. Not only do millennials not want to stay around for long periods of time, but they don't even necessarily want to work the job for the big bucks. I saw this research saying that millennials are actually shaping up to be the most philanthropic generation in recorded history. Contrary to this kind of idea of self-centered, it's, you know, millennials jump around so much because they want to feel fulfilled, because they want to feel like they're giving back. And more and more mm. starting to see how, you know, they're willing to turn down a job for 80 grand to take a job at a startup for 35K and some equity. Yeah. yeah hopes that they're kind of making a difference. So that's, yeah, that's so interesting. It gets me thinking, you know, these, these classic uh, reward systems are a really good example of something that needs to shift. The, the increase in pay as you go thinking has to shift. Even leadership development or this idea that, like there tends to be this idea that millennials want everything too quickly and they don't want to pay their dues. I kind of disagree with that. I would be interested to hear your perspective. I don't think it's that they don't want to pay their dues. It's that they want to be able to see a clear path to how it's connecting to their future. So, you know, my example is kind of interesting from the military, you know, out of the several thousand lieutenants that commissions every year, less than 10% of them are going to make general 30 years down the road. And there's no way they haven't found any way to predict which one of those are going to be. So they have. On one hand, they have these very great leadership development programs. Everyone gets leadership development from their first year. And I really want to see more of that in the, in the civilian world. But the flip side was like, you know, I was constantly told that I had to spend seven years just at some random position, dead end kind of job in order to then at the rank of major be able to apply to this job, which would have had nothing to do with what I was doing before, didn't make sense to me. And that's part of what made me want to leave, where, you know, I was perfectly happy to be in the low level role, but I wanted to see a connection. And one of the things that I'm seeing is that it's not that millennials don't want to wait, or they want the leadership positions right away. It's we want to get in there, we want to develop ourselves. You know, what, what you're talking about sounds a lot like line of sight. This idea that if you if you're doing something, you want to be able to see the purpose behind it. 
And I, I can resonate with that. I mean, I, I think there is definitely some impatience. You know, there's definitely this high expectation. On the flip side, there's also some artificial systems of, of, of approaching employment where you, you are an entry-level job and suddenly you're a less respectable person. It's like you're, you're the entry person, so we don't have to respect you. And that, that's the culture that millennials are coming into. So, of course, they react to it. They respond to that by saying, no, I am respectable and I deserve respect and trust and a chance to be creative and, and all these things, right? But, you know, the, the way of dealing with that difference in thinking is the same thing that all these other generations need, which is a, a straight or, or at least a visible line between what they're doing day to day and some worthwhile cause, right? Because paying someone a paycheck is just, it's enough to take care of their hygiene needs. But after your hygiene needs have been met, money is a very poor motivator. It, it kind of stinks at actually motivating people or getting them to be creative or innovative. Um, or energetic. And you need to connect them with purpose and you need to give them autonomy and you need to give them opportunities to master their, their craft. And, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that millennials really, they're just, they're quicker to recognize that those are things they're looking for. A lot of, you know, a lot of other folks that have been in the workplace for a long time have been taught that that is not normal. That you should not, you shouldn't care about having a purpose at work and you shouldn't care about having control over your own actions and you shouldn't care about, you know, being able to master everything that you do. You just need to do what you're told and stay in the lines. And over time with seniority, you'll make more money and that's your reward, right? And it's working towards retirement. I so resonate with the respect thing too that you talked about. And I think for everyone listening, you know, that's probably one of the key points of value that Jonathan just dropped on us here, you know, and I, I personally will never forget, you know, again, I was a lieutenant in the army and you're treated like the entry level straight out of college person that you are, which generally still tends to correlate with not very respected. And of course, you have to earn respect and trust, but there's such a great moment. I had a leader who came in and from the beginning said, look, I trust you. I respect you. You're an officer in the army. You've basically, you got this job. You have my trust. The mm-hmm. only thing you can do is lose it. And every leader I know was dedicated to this man because he came in that way. Yeah. And, you know, I would love to, of course, see this more and more and more. Jonathan, I do want to ask you to talk to us a little bit more about the research that you've done, because you have done some original research. You have a workshop now that you're offering. Yes. So, you know, of course, I, I start with well-established, validated sources, right? We're looking at Pew Research and, and a few other sources, Census Bureau, you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, looking at what's going on in the marketplace and readily accessible data to everyone. If you're not looking at it and you have employees, you need to look at it. But, you know, I am using a culture framework that also is highly validated and reliable, uh, but there's not a lot of research using that framework. So I've deployed that asking employees uh, very specific questions about their 
cultural experience at work and what it is that they are looking for in a job and in a workplace, specifically targeting millennials. And that, that framework is so strong and clear that I can draw actions from it, right? We can describe specific behaviors from that framework, not to the extent of giving someone a turnkey culture. There's no such thing as turnkey culture, but with a little bit of knowledge and the ability to frame the discussion properly, you can make decisions wisely. And that's, that's where it really comes in, right? Is knowing uh, that you have to make a choice between, you know, some set of policies or you need to deal with a problem. You're not sure how. You've got to decide how. Are you going to follow industry norms? Are you going to do what your neighboring company did? Or are you going to look a little deeper and process your decision through some wise framework? And that's, that's what my research is, is centered around is getting some feedback from millennials using this framework so that we can make some some really smart decisions also within that framework. So we, you know, culture is this, this crazy nebulous thing. But if we have a we have a really great foundation, we have a really great frame for having this discussion, then we can actually see, you know, point A to point B in the context of culture. You can actually, you know, determine what are we going to influence with the choice we make. And you can measure that over time. You can look back at it. You can benchmark. You're never going to capture the whole subject of culture in, in one fell swoop, but you can be productive about it. Absolutely. There's this uh, definition of culture that I really like, which is an index of every interaction that goes on in your company. <laughs> and I like that definition because it shows you the immensity of there's no yeah. easy button, there's no quick fix. But I love the focus on having a framework, having a strategy. And, you know, for our listeners, Jonathan and I are both culture consultants, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we do. And it is one of those things that's interesting because people think of culture as human interactions, which is what it is, which means everyone thinks that they know how to do it. But, you know, for many of the, the business owners, small business owners that are listeners, you know, if you haven't hired an advisor, specifically a culture advisor in the past, it, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about that you as the business owner have to focus on everything. So, of course, it makes sense to bring in a sales advisor when you're putting together your sales strategy, a marketing advisor when you're putting together your marketing strategy, and a culture advisor you know, someone like Jonathan Mills, who this is all he does is study this, is read the Pew Research findings, is be able to underline exact tactics that you can use to create these frameworks in your company. So just wonderful. Jonathan, this zoomed by. I want to ask you, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you on social media? So you can always visit me on... on uh... Facebook, you, you can connect me. You can connect to me on my company page on Facebook, LinkedIn, of course, um, just or just go to my website, culturespecialist.com. I'm always open for a phone call. I, I love this subject enough that I will have a conversation with you about what you're going through, right? And there's there's value in that for me too, if only for the fascination, right? To help you kind of get started on that process. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's got to get started somewhere, right? Yeah. And of course, yeah. as a culture specialist, Jonathan will ask you questions and listen to you and really do a customizable approach to your culture. Jonathan, we are at time. I uh, just want to remind everyone that all of the links will be available on the Cabinets HR website, uh, which is www.cabinetshrblog.com. This video will be available on YouTube and, of course, wherever you get your podcast. Please share with your friends. Thank you. And remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cabinets HR Culture Podcast. Be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok at Cabinets HR. Also check out our weekly live streams at the Cabinets HR Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Periscope, where we focus each week on an HR topic important for small business. These are every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and last around three minutes. To join our weekly HR email newsletter list, send us an email to Jason Kavnis at kavnishr.com. Thank you, and remember to be great every day. You've got to pump it up. You've got to pump it up. You've got to pump it up.